we've got here is failure to communicate. I want winners. I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. And here are your hosts, RJ Young and Brandon Drum. So this is the first podcast we get to do as preseason champions Ray on the Young and Drum podcast presented by OUNsider.com. I'm RJ Young. That is Brandon Drum. Brandon, how you doing? What's going on, man? It's that time of year. Yeah, man. Everybody seems to be pretty hyped about uh, the old football time in Oklahoma. So uh, it's it's about that time and what, 25 days, 26 days away and counting. And that is, as a, and I think that's every, that's, that's kind of all anybody really wants to talk about outside of these quarterbacks, quarterbacks and defense. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That is it. The defense is kind of the main story, I think going into fall camp and Alex Grinch and that staff and what they've done so far. uh, I think for us, as media people, I think we're probably most interested in that as well. And kind of see who's kind of come up. Obviously, newcomers, guys that have been on campus, all that stuff. So I think I think this podcast will be pretty informative and pretty fun. Well, then let's go. I mean, I was on the air during availability. You went to practice availability. What would you see? You know, the crazy part is I think the weirdest thing I saw was Grant Calcaterra deep snapping. It's like, like, what is going on? Like, do you want to risk that? But he's over there deep snapping to the punters. I thought that was fairly interesting. Um, I know that he was, he's talked about being good at that before, but I never, you know, I never really thought that they would, you know, an All-American tight end kind of being your deep snapper is kind of different, I guess. Um, It's risky, but I guess if you're really, High on special teams, which OU is, obviously. I think that's a direction that you might go. Um, the other thing was who was just catching wait, the punts. Wait, was, let's, let's just back that up for just a second because I get asked this question, which means I know you get asked this question. How are the specialists looking? And I usually got three answers in my head, and the answers are go for two, go for it on fourth down, and take the fair catch in the ball at 25. But – you brought up the deep snapping and Grant yeah. Calcaterra deep snapping. So Is that not weird, though? Uh, I mean, honestly. I don't know. It was weird to see Tony. Is that Ro- the first Tony- thing you think of when you walk out there and you're not like, you know what, I wonder if Grant Calcaterra is going to be deep snapping today. I, when I, you see that, you're kind of taken aback by it. You, you're asking me, right? And I'm telling you, yeah. no. Um, it does, it's, it's not because if you don't have a guy and you didn't give a scholarship to a deep snapper, because remember Bob did that with Wesley Horky. You know, yeah. Then yeah, you're 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 at the mercy of whoever can do the job, because at the end of the day, you got to have somebody to deep snap the ball. And if that person ends up being your quarterback and nobody else, you're also screwed. But you got to deep snap the ball or take my suggestion and go for it. I'm just that's why I keep saying twenty. We're going for it. Instead, instead, we're gonna have the dude that many of y'all think is gonna be an All American tight end. I still think Lee Morris is the best tight end on the team. I'll agree to disagree. Point being, he's got to be your deep snapper if you want to deep snap the ball. Do you really want to kick field goals that much? Is that what you want? 
Because I don't. Do you want to no. punt that much? No. And that's this. So when you tell me it's weird, I'm that's like, that's probably what they think. They don't have to do that very often. So, oh please, yeah. they got to do it whenever it counts. Ask Austin I'm Seibert talking, about no, when I'm, it I'm counted. I'm talking about field goals. It's like punting. I mean, they didn't punt that often last year. Okay, so so, so oh man, well, now we're getting into a different conversation because I think I think they could be punting more than they did last year. As much as well, yes. Okay. Yes. Well, there you go. Yeah. Th- there you go. But still, that would be probably less than most teams, is what I guess what I'm getting at. But <sighs> anyways, the, the, as far as you asked how the kickers and stuff are going, I tell you that uh, Munchau looks yep, pretty good. There punting. you go. I'm not gonna lie, nice he does look pretty good punny. Yeah, he he's got some good hang time. And I thought the 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 other interesting part was is you know everybody thought Trajan Bridges would be the other guy back there catching punts with CD Lamb. Uh, I thought it was going to be Quaylen Crawford. It was Nick Basquin. Really? There you go. There you go. There you yeah, go. Yeah, see? Sure hands. Sure hands. Yeah. Not well, sure like hands. It. I don't know about quick feet, though. Yeah, well, um, and we're going to – I think for for him, it's going to be a lot like, – remember Justin Brown catching punts? Yeah. Because Justin Brown wasn't the, the quickest guy. Uh, he also wasn't injured, but he wasn't the quickest guy. He was just big, and he had sure hands. I will say Nick looks like he's moving way better than he did last year. And at the end of, end of last year, he looked like he was moving pretty well. So that bodes well for Oklahoma as far as that slot position goes. So How's Berkic? Um, I didn't get to see any oh, okay. typical okay. kicking. Oh, so. wow. Oh, man, you missed some riveting stuff, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sorry I missed that, guys. I'm, <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna, I didn't pay much attention to it. I'm going to troll the people who are watching and wanting the news of field goals like I troll people who bird watch. For what? Uh, for why? It's a crucial part of the game, RJ. Oh my God! No, dude, it's it's really, really not, really not. There's a reason why that high school coach at Robinson High in Little Rock hasn't Pulaski. Pulaski. Like, yeah, Pulaski. Oh, Pulaski High. Pulaski Sorry. Academy. It's Pulaski. Pulaski County is how it's pronounced. Okay, then it's Pulaski. Then it's Pulaski yeah. Academy. Yeah, Pulaski Academy. I thought it was Robinson for some other reason, but yeah, Pulaski. Um. They haven't punted in, or kicked a field goal in like three or four years. So. Yeah, I saw that real sports documentary too. I still like I like I'm with you. I'm just and they I, onside kick it every time too. That's so crazy. All right, now I want to talk about secondary because I'm getting yeah um, I'm getting hot. Um, question that I had going into this was you know until Friday, yo is Buki gonna play corner? No, Buki's nope, a nickel. nickel. And he loves it. And, uh, no, and that was the part that was that was interesting is like. All right, that's cool. Uh, you're a nickel. Let's go. Yeah, he he pretty much owned it. And like, I feel so much more free at this position, and I get to play downhill and feel. The he also claimed that he was it. free at free safety, and I was like, Yeah, no, you, yeah, you were freaking burnt last it's, year. So like, I was going, I don't know if free is the like. That's why I want you back corner because I don't think free is what you're supposed to be doing, dog. Burn, <laughs> you, you out here? Burn me deep, burn me deep, Buki. Just, just. I mean, hey man, just because you can year. walk around commando doesn't mean you should walk around commando. Especially if mm-hmm. you're the type of dude to leave a brown stain every now and again. That's how he looked playing free last year. I, you know what? And he is probably the. He, he has a super high ceiling, so and I, I'm a big Buki fan because uh, I just like him as a person. Um, he's a good kid, hundred percent. 
He is, I mean, literally. So we're at Meet the Players, and he sees Caden. He's like, K-Man, come here. And, like, tell pe- Tell behind. people who Caden is to you. He's my son. There you go. Um, so he pulls Caden behind the thing, and he's like, I want to take a picture with him. And he takes a picture with him and, like, high-fiving, talks to him for a good two or three minutes. I mean, it, that is not normal in that type of setting. Those guys want to get in and out. And the fact that he took the time, even though, I mean, he obviously knew Caden, but it's it's really cool. Uh, and so he's a to me, he's a really good kid. He's a really good guy. He's personable. And he's – He's real upfront and honest with you about everything and his answers. Now, he's gotten a lot better at towing the company line uh, than he was last year in the interviews. And you could tell that today when we did the interviews. Um, it was kind of, I'm not going to, he's not going to say anything disparaging about Mike Stoops and he's going to pump up Alex Grinch all at the same time. Kind of what he was supposed to do because he was asked some questions that he had every opportunity to bash on. Stoops' scheme last year and everything like that, and he didn't. And he basically talked up, you know, Lincoln Riley helping him keep his head up and make sure he was okay last year throughout the whole season, even when he was struggling and not getting to start anymore and all that stuff. And then then he went on to talk about Grinch. Well, I'm going to cut you off and say that we're going to play this sound for the people right here. My family for sure, uh, my people back home, but really just uh, Coach Link. Coach Link, you know, calling me in his office, always talking to me, making sure my head's held high. You know, Coach Grinch, when he came in, you know, I talked to him, and he always kept me positive. You know, he's a positive dude. He's a positive, positive energy guy. You know, so that's that's what it is, man. It's a mature mindset all the way around. What would you say the confidence levels have for you guys just three days in the summer? Uh, we're, myself, personally, I'm, I'm at an all-time high right now. You know, I'm confident in ever. I feel as if I put the grind in, you know, this offseason, and my team has too. You know, my brothers, we I made sure – my whole team made sure that we did that. From Coach Benny keeping keeping it on us, you know, making sure the pressure was on us, and we adapted to it and we fought through it. You know, we never what's, backed down from it. What's the mentality been like compared? You, you only you've only been through like three or four practices, obviously, uh-huh. so far. But compared to last year with Mike and now with obviously Coach Grinch, what is what are some differences that you've seen? Just you know, overall play, just the mentality, just everything on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I can't say it's a major mentality because Mike Mike is a great coach. He always kept us, you know, in in honest in honest situations. He always stayed true to us. Always kept us in real real situations in film. Made sure that he coached us hard. So it's similar. It's similar. Coach Mike and Coach Grinch are great people. I love co- listening to him and Coach Ruff as well. It's my guy. What's the first couple of things that jumped out at you when you first met Coach Grinch? Like, if you was to tell somebody that never met him about him, what would you tell him? First couple of things. Uh, he's he's a very serious guy, you know, and that's and that's what you want. He's a realist at that. He's gonna always keep it honest with you. He's not gonna sugarcoat anything. He's gonna make sure he tells you to his to your face. He's not gonna go around about or nothing like that. He's a grown man, and to play for him, you have to be a grown man as well. Do you feel more free in Grinch's defense than you did? Obviously, from maybe less thinking, maybe less. Uh, I guess system-wise, is it a lot easier for you to just kind of grasp? Uh, not necessarily. Like I said, it's a little bit simpler, but at the same time, you know, I was always a free player. 
you know, mm -hmm. playing that strong safety position last year, you know, bumping down, playing a little nickel as well. It's always you're always a free player at that nickel position, but at the same time, you know, it's similar as well. Both high energy. You yes, know, it's safe to say after after uh, it's safe to say the defense, especially the second game, might have had some struggles last last year. But kind of one of the positives that people don't talk about is that most, if not all, those guys are coming back right. this year. What's right. what's one of the what's some of the advantages of having most of those guys back that have learned from the struggles from last year? Maturity, maturity. Like I said before, we all have our bruises. We all took our lumps early, and we're coming back swinging. It's all about, like Coach Grinch says, it's all about how you respond. You know, it's just our respond mindset. You know, standing on all of our ten toes, set your jaw and keep swinging. Now, tell me what it is that you took away from not just his demeanor and what he said, but how is it going to affect the secondary? He's more calm. He's more assured of himself. He's more um, relaxed. He's he's more confident. He he seems like he has a better grasp of the defense. And I mean, even when you talk to uh, Robert Barnes, he talked about just the overall speed and understanding of what is being asked of him. And, and Deshaun White did the same thing. I said, look, you, we we understand the the defense better. It's you're you do this. This is your job here, A, and this is what you're going to do. There's no, there's not a lot of variations from what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, your keys are pretty simplistic, and that is the the goal for Speed D because in, in Alex Grinch and Brian Odom and Roy Manning's mind and, and Calvin Thibodeau and, and Ruffin McNeil, they want it to be as simplistic as possible. That way you're able to – they have some of the best athletes in all of college football. You can't be the best athlete if you're having to think the whole time, and you can't, you so, know, just go play. So, and I think that's kind of where they're at right now. So, this is interesting because one of the things that I've been doing here over the last four or five days is just going through a bunch of coaches' interviews that I have aggregated for myself because I just want to hear coaches talk ball. I want to see what they see. I want to hear what what they hear. I want to know what they think leadership is and how they view offensive and defensive football. And the thing that everybody will say is what Mike used to say, right? They'll say, we want to be more multiple. Well, now the invoke thing to do is to say we want to be more simplistic. We want to let our kids play fast. We want to simplify the defense. Right. We want to simplify the offense. The only person who's been able to do that and keep that 100% what he's done for the entirety of his career is Mike Leach. That air raid yeah. remains simple. It's why, it's why it's my favorite because it lets your average football player have a distinct advantage against talented football players. So when talented football players try to run an air raid scheme – it's almost like, yo, this is all we're supposed to do. And remember, this was a knock against Brent Venables toward the end was the playbook got too bloated and there were too many responsibilities and it was a lot like West Coast in its running. Then you got Mike Stoops who was supposed to simplify the defense. Well, not only did he not, he shifted it to the 3-4. And now we got a guy who is claiming again that we're going to be simple. And I, I'm understanding what you're saying, right? You're reporting what they tell you. You're reporting what you see. You're reporting what you hear. I'm saying that if I watch a kid take four false steps in two series, I'm going to lose my mind because that will know that will tell, will tell me he's thinking. If we see kids like this is the favorite, look at the sideline with their hands in the air, then it's not simple, right? So I'm 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 laying all this stuff in here to say you're 100% right and they're 100% right to do it. But what I find is coaches try to pad the playbook because they want to give themselves options. And they want to know that they had a play call that was right. When most of the time, you, you, you got to live and die with whatever the kid's going to do. 
And that's yeah. the most difficult part to do with coaching, which is you don't have a robot out there that you control with a controller. You got to let a kid go play, and that means taking your hands off the controls, which Leach can do. I haven't seen a whole lot of other coaches be able to do that. Yeah, I think Lincoln Riley would be the other coach that's been able to kind of because it is Mike Leach's air raid um, that he's using in in his own way. I guess he's been able to do it no matter who is at quarterback, no matter and, and obviously he has a great talent. Like you were saying, the average guy at Washington State can be considered all conference in Mike Leach's offense because of what it is and what it creates. Uh, for the player, uh, defensively, I think I want to see how simplistic OU is, and I think that's kind of what you were getting into. Come Texas, you know what I mean? Like, how how bloated is this defensive play good, playbook going to be? I mean, we know to start the season, it's going to be. Some, we saw that with OU for the past couple of years. They look like world beaters the first three and, or four and games, and they of the will year. again, and they will again. They will again every year, and then what? What happens? The playbook gets bigger, the players get more confused, and things kind of start to go downhill. Is that what's going to happen in twenty nineteen? Well, we don't know, but Alex Grinch does have a history of being able to make the defense continue to improve as the seasons go on, as the season goes on, and his next couple of seasons goes on because he's done it at Washington State. He's done it his other places. He didn't get the chance to do it at Ohio State because he wasn't the play caller. But they were Wilson. his secondary. They were his safeties. They were his secondary. They I were his I safeties. He had three. He had three guys on that defense. Man, he had the nickel, the strong, and the free. So yeah, I want to give him a pass on the play the calling. The safeties uh, at Ohio State, for all intents and purposes, got a little better. The corners were the issue. Well, I mean, okay, I all right. You're the co-defensive coordinator. You're gonna have right, so you take fair fair amount. No, of but but I'm but I'm also getting at yes. We understand that everywhere else he's been, where he's been the play caller, right? That one time he was the play caller, he was really good. He was outstanding in the Pac-12 against teams that can move the football. What I'm asking and what I want to know is not necessarily whether or not the playbook is going to get bloated, but are you going to stick to the principles when you start getting beat? Because that's what it yeah. is. What it's gonna what's gonna be is what is your in-game adjustment? Because if your in-game adjustment is Mike Stoops telling Julian Wilson to go to middle linebacker, that's actual bad. And that's what we don't know, right? We don't know if he's gonna panic because that's what it is. Because when you when you start out this game, you start out with a small playbook and you say, We're gonna execute right. these at the highest level. We're gonna be very, very good at this. And then you'll see something like Army. Right to to use an example, an offense you just don't see regularly, or something you haven't prepared to stop directly, and you'll go away from what you know how to do because you're trying to put in stuff to stop that thing instead of just going. You know what? We know how to run cover zero, cover two, cover six, cover nine, cover four, and that's it. That's what we do. I just yep. don't. I just don't know if if that's what I want to know. That's my question: Is what are his in game adjustments going to be when they start getting beat to hell? You know, because like that's what it is. You're gonna have to either go say, "Hey, look, I'm gonna put my hands up and say, hey, kids, you know what the defenses are. You know what the calls are. If you're gonna get beat, you're gonna get beat, right? And then you have to rotate players in. You have to figure out what guys do well and what guys don't do well. But that's the question I always have for coaches: is what are you gonna do when it is crunch time? Because you always want to know what your players are gonna do, right? You're gonna go, I want a guy out there that's not gonna gonna crumble. I'm going, coaches do that crap all the time. 
send in a bad play call or, or go to a prevent defense because they're getting burnt. It's like, all right, you want somebody to do something, but at the end of the day, you, your talent is your talent. What you got is what you got. So we can't keep saying that they're more talented than anybody else if they keep getting beat running simple defenses. Is that right or wrong? I mean, no, you're you're dead on. Um, I, 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 what I see, I, I'm trying to word this right to where it doesn't come off as just weird or awkward or just kind of homerish. Like with the linebacker position, the talent seems to be there more than it has been in the past four or five years, right? Uh, they're bigger, faster, stronger than they ever have been in years, right? Probably deeper. Since Corey and, and Nelson, Odom, I think you're 100% right. Since Corey Nelson. Kid, yeah, yeah. So, so Coach Odom's talked about that. He said, we're super deep, and he knows that. Now it's getting them to buy in and do it each and every play, each and every day, and not just, you know, play here, play there type deal. The front seven ultimately is going to be OU strength. Basically, it's going to hinge on how Roy Manning and Alex Grinch transform the secondary. I mean, we know the secondary is probably going to be better just off the sheer fact that you're going to have a better pass rush. But other than that, are they going to be giving up the big play? Are they going to be the 50-50 balls? Which way are they going to go? I mean, those are the type of things that OU has normally lost on in previous years. The things have got to change. They have the experience back there now. They have talent because everybody back there is a four and five star. There really is no excuse at this point. It's what are they going to do with that talent? And every OU fan is hoping that Grinch and Manning can somehow build enough confidence in these guys that they can forget what happens. And I, Robert Barnes touched on it. It's something that has been harped on them. And you know, Alex Grinch jokingly said. If he could tattoo 129 on the forehead, he would type deal. And they they were lifting and doing things that added up to 129, which was what their defensive passing ranking was as far as yardage goes. So, I mean, it's it was bad last year, as bad as it could get. I mean, you can't get much worse than what Oklahoma was last year in the secondary. They've got to find a way to make a significant jump this year or it's to me, it's the same old, same old. You know, you have a good offense. You're probably going to win the Big 12. You're probably going to go to the playoffs. But are you going to be able to beat anybody in the semifinals? But I think that it's, it hinges on the secondary more than anything else well, on this team. And that's the other. Do you agree with that? Yeah, but in to a degree, right? I think the worst thing is that this secondary could be above average right let's say for the sake of argument that it is ranked 56th in the country in pass defense and you got a total defense number that's like at 52 and you've getting let's say that number of 24 takeover turnovers right let's say you hit all of those what I see out of this defense and the reason why I would not necessarily be enthusiastic about how it could hold up against a playoff team is that if you match the corners at Oklahoma up against the corners at Clemson, Bama, even Notre Dame, they're smaller. Same thing with the safety. So they have to be craftier, which is the reason why I was so excited about Grinch is you know how to use undersized talent to win games, but you've never won games at the level that we're asking you to win games at. 
Now, the confidence is great, right? We all enjoy the confidence. Right. We all enjoy the straight talk. We all enjoy Buki saying things like, hey, you got to be a grown man to play for this man. But if your scheme does not take advantage of a guy Buki's size, don't tell me about how good or bad you're going to be because that's what you got to work with. You know, and we keep saying that there's four or five star guys back there. Yeah. But are they good enough to beat Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, the teams we all, Michigan, teams we all expect to be there at the end? Because if you match this secondary up against LSU, what does it look like? If you match this secondary up against Texas, what does it look like? That's Those are the questions that right. I need him to answer. Like I, I continue to say, we don't pay you to go recruit. We don't pay you to go win the Big 12 title. We pay you to put together a, a secondary that can go and take away Trevor Lawrence's favorite wide receivers and T Higgins and Justin Ross Justin Ross are, are <laughs> monsters and as much yeah. shade as we want to throw at Bama Jerry Judy Jalen Ruggs and Jalen Waddle or Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddle are monsters yep you know and the guys you all go up against in practice are monsters so if you can't stop them if you can't stop CeeDee Lamb how can I expect you to stop Justin Ross I mean, Alabama struggles stopping Ceedee Lamb, but yeah, right, your right, point is, your point is made. Right, no, and, and that no, if it's it, a fair if, point. No, but if that's what it is, right? If that's what it takes, then yeah. then cool, right? Those if it, are the three. Those are the three schools. Like, if you're talking about having, if you're a secondary and you really don't want to go against the three schools that you really don't want to go up against are Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, because of the wide receivers. You're right. And, but then, uh, and I, but, I, get, I get what you're saying. But look at what yeah. Venables was able to do with the secondary with Clemson and Tua Tagovailoa. Oh, no, you're right. right. So, like, that's what I'm yeah. getting at. I get when you match up and you put dudes in positions, guess what they're going to do? They're going to jump they're routes when they're when – yeah, yep. right. And that's that's the question that I that we won't get answered for a while, but those are the ones that I really want to ponder and less about, you know, I get pissy, I think is the word, about Buki, and I, got, and I get pissy about how good I know some of these guys are. But if you can't build well, around them, what good are you? I will say that um, you, you you were talking about size, and Jaden Davis isn't the biggest guy in the world. But he sure is making waves, and I know it's early. So, I mean, he's a guy that I think is going to have that South Florida swag, confidence that could be a difference maker in the secondary. Now, uh, do is he going to start? I don't know. But I think he's going to get some looks. He's going to get some playing time, and I think he's going to make some plays this year. That and, and he's going to make some plays that probably weren't going to wouldn't have been made last year with the secondary that they put out there. So they are getting the difference makers. I think if people really think it's going to just make a one eighty in one year, you're smoking crack. No, I don't. I don't think that's what they think, but. If you're walking into a playoff game, and you're not, oh, you've got to make plays. Yeah. Well, I'm just that's what I'm thinking. I, I don't think anybody expects them to be world beaters, but I do think that if you looked at 2017, you're going, man, guys, if you just got us three, four stops, we win that game. <laughs> One more stop. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking, right? And yeah. and against Alabama, if you just, you know, Robert Barnes has a lot to answer for. Right, Chance Sylvie coming off the injury has a lot to answer for. Jordan Parker coming off question. the injury. Robert Barnes was asked that question. Yeah, and then I, yeah, well, let's play that sound. Right. Eliminates a lot whenever you just fly around to the ball. Um, I mean, you, you don't need all the schemes and um, all that when everybody, when you got eleven guys just flying around to the ball. So I'll definitely just say speed and 
um, just that, that, that will to get to the ball and make a play. How was that injury different uh, for maybe, you know, you've had a serious one in the past. I mean, did you feel this had a lot less impact on you as far as recovery and you know, just getting back in the flow of things? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a lot less of an impact. I mean, every injury is hard because you're not out there competing with your guys. Um, so I would definitely say that, I mean, from, from a mental standpoint point and physical, I mean, it was a pretty tough um, injury just to come back from because you want to be able to trust your legs and get your feet back under you. But um, I mean, I tackled it like I've tackled all my other injuries and just focus on me, focus on what I can control and just get back and go full speed. What exactly happened physically? Are you comfortable saying where, what your injury was? Um, I can't speak on what the injury was, but I mean, it was, it was a lower body injury mm -hmm. and um, it took a few weeks to get back from, but I'm back now. It wasn't, did you, were you concussed on that play? No, no? it wasn't a concussion. Okay. How much, how much of the morale difference or mentality, how much does that change since Stoops compared to Grinch when you, when you look at just the first couple of days of practice mm -hmm. from last year compared to this year? Um, well, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's just speed. Um, yeah. I think nothing with nothing mentally, nothing. I mean, with, with Mike, I mean, it was, I mean, he's, it was just, you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was a lot of schemes and um, specific places where you need to be and all that. And what I want to know from you is why do you think he was so evasive about his lower leg injury? It's his hamstring. I don't know why. I mean, yeah, I, that's what I, I was going. It's like why? why I think because they're 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 taught not to give out like oh my you know my hamstrings hurt you know all this stuff. They're taught lower body in injury. I'm like, dude, we yeah we we saw it explode. I thought <laughs> Tyler handed Tyler Palmatier handed that so well. No, he did. He was the other guy in the interview with you. Yeah, uh, yeah transcript sports so editor. Well. Yeah, you know he could have kept pressing, but he was like, you know what? I'm not. I'm just gonna leave him alone because he could tell that. It was going nowhere. At that well, point, but so. and I appreciate the question about, hey man, yeah. did you get a concussion after you know you got run yeah. over? Because that's a legitimate question. Yeah. We all saw that hit. You didn't look good, and he's like, no, I didn't get a concussion. Like <laughs> I'm just going, okay, yeah, all right, calm, calm down, dog. Why, why, why don't you why don't you use that and go truck the next line uh, running back that tries to truck you like a linebacker? All right. I was going, yeah, yo, no. all right. <laughs> Tyler did a great job with that. I was, I kind of looked over and kind of smirked. I was like, wow. That, <laughs> he kept he kept going, but then he kind of was like, you know what? He's not going to say it. So he went with the concussion question. He's like, no, nah, my lower leg. And then, but yeah, it's a hamstring. It's, it was been the hamstring. I mean, that was even reported. Right. Uh, right. Ironically, Riley said, yeah, he's got a hamstring problem. Um, after the game and even during the spring, he said he's struggling with his hamstring. So, but the, those kids are, are robots when they get up there and talk, and that's not Robert's fault. That is, he's doing exactly what he's told to do. No, and, and blame him, so. I I don't want to. Right, that's not what I wanted to make it about. All right, I mean, so because I I'm sorry. I I know you got to go, so I just want to get to the quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so I wrote that story on OU Insider, and I thought it was interesting because I wanted to get the lay of the land on exactly how both sides of the ball felt and. I don't know if you read it or anything um, about Jalen Hurts and just his overall leadership and how much kind of the Alabama in him was brought to Oklahoma. And players were pretty open about it, kind of some of the things that he's done to really amp up it. And I can actually be an eyewitness account because today after practice, when we were doing interviews – the last person, literally the last person, five minutes after everybody else left the field, you know who's just now walking out the field is Jalen Hurts. 
and he's out there helping people pick up. He threw a bunch of extra balls and stuff like that. He's different, man. Yeah. He is a different guy. And I think it shows in how the players are kind of going about things business-like. And Patrick Fields kind of hit on it the best. He's taught them that, look, this is a business. Yeah, you're here to play a game and go to school. But you need to act professional and be professional in the way you go about doing it because ultimately your brand will follow you wherever you go, whether it's the from Alabama to Oklahoma. Hashtag Oklahoma for the brand. to the NFL. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna re I think you're really talking about reputation. Yeah. Right, rather than brand. Uh, because brand is is a is a nasty word, it's a bad word. But I think all the things you're talking about are integrity, discipline, and reputation. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just I it kind just, of instills a lot of different stuff that I don't think it was missing, but I think it's brought more to the forefront, if you know what I mean. Like I think he's done a really good job on both sides of the ball. And even Kenneth Murray is like, Yeah, we kinda lean towards him to really and he said I I lean towards I look over at Jalen and I'm like a sponge when it comes to that because I want I want to learn from somebody like that that's been there so many times and knows what they're doing because he does. I think it's also just that level of seriousness because we know this, like there are certain folks in our industry that we're always going to look to because of the level of class that they purport themselves with, the respect and reverence that they purport themselves with. Like I walk around in sweats and a t-shirt and dreads. I am punk rock. I am post-punk rock. All right. I know that about myself. Right. But if you see me in, a tuxedo, you probably saw me at the Thorpe Award or you saw me at somebody's wedding. It's just not going to be what I'm going to do. Whereas there are, other, there are other people in our profession who we would always look to and be like, no, nah, that that dude, he's always put together. He's always disciplined. He's always got a level of integrity with him and he always treats people with tremendous respect. And Jalen has managed to cultivate that as an image for himself, not just here, but at Alabama, right? Because mm-hmm. I've yep. made the analogy many times that He's the Crimson Tide's Russell Westbrook. Like, they love that dude. They don't They don't care. Like, they're not rooting for OU. They're rooting for him. Like, folks yep. that are from Oklahoma rooting for the Cleveland friggin' Browns because you got Baker, and we love Baker. And that, I think, is there's, there's something to, to learn from that if you're a player, just being around him. I don't know that I want to continue to say that, you know, I treat that dude like whatever he does, I want to do. But I, I understand that they're, they're being <laughs> – they're close watchers, right? They're watching yeah. the details. And that's what you're making reference to when he's coming in is I'm going in my head. A quarterback that's coming in first is not a quarterback that I expect to lead ever. Yeah. You know, that's just the nature of the position. Like we, we put a lot of stock in that position because we expect them to do things like Jalen Hurts does things, right? Uh, and we expect them to, to be the talisman for the team, whether they want to be or not. And I think all of that's – Coming off on Kenneth Murray Jr., who was the talisman of the defense, right? Yep. Uh, Pat Fields, who could ascend to that role sooner rather than later. I mean, that's a guy that I expect to take the leap. Although, yep. That's another. I mean, I know we're on quarterbacks, and we're running out of time. But Pat Fields, his name keeps just getting into my communications. Like when I talk to people, it, that he he just comes up. All he is time. beloved on the team. He is beloved by the coaches, yes. So if there was going to be a guy that I would pick this year 
to become a household name who isn't. That's my guy. Like today, that's my guy. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So is that is that your guy? Do you have a guy? Yeah, I mean he he's up there. Um, him, Jaden Davis, Deshaun White. Those are the those are the three guys. Jayden. I mean we already know Jayden about Davis. Ronnie Perkins. Yeah. Um, we already know about. I mean we already know about Jalen Redmond, who I like how they're bringing him along slow. I mean he's out there working, but they're not pushing him. He'll be ready by game time. Um, he's still going through everything. He's doing everything, but he's doing it with, you know, helmet, no shoulder pads right now. Shell, and right? then Yeah, yeah Deshaun. No, no, I'm talking about Jalen Redmond. Yeah, he's Deshaun, in, he, wait, he's not in shells? <clears throat> no, he had his helmet and everything on. He took it off after a bit and okay. went through some other drills and then went back over. So um, they're just kind of slowly bringing him on. Um, they... Uh, they like his progress. I mean, they, they say he's going to be ready by game one. So, completely ready. They, they they say he's healthy, but they're being as precautionary as possible because of the situation like we've talked about before. Right. I mean, you have to be. And, and uh, you know, and I, I didn't want to get bogged down there again because we have belabored that one for a while. And, yeah. and if you want to hear what yeah. we have to think, just go back to the last couple podcasts. But yeah. to, the, to the point of guys and how they're – emerging or or not so much and yes the the we we've we've i think uh as far as guys uh, i think you're gonna get to see a lot of brian mead and levi draper this year too i just do yeah well i mean i i wouldn't doubt that i i, I also think that whoever is the running mate with kenneth murray they're gonna see the most snaps but yep, i mean you, you can't yeah you you can't discount the depth at linebacker you just can't and for that matter the depth at rush in and the depth at corner. All those guys I think are going to get opportunities and you're going to see ebbs and flows and ups and downs from all of them. But real quick, I put this question out on the Twitters and I kind of want to put it to you. Okay. But I, I think I know your answer. I still want to know. We more, not more or less, we agree that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback against Houston. And I think mm-hmm. most people who've been paying attention expect that to be the thing too. And by paying attention, I mean you just casually watch college football. right you just you just know and as much as i appreciate the charade from lincoln i also think it gives an opportunity for spencer rattler tanner mordecai and tanner schaefer to do two things one find out which one of you is going to be the backup quarterback because that's 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 a much more legitimate race than people want to to think about but also you get to see what separation looks like so that's the that is the one point that i will give in Lincoln Riley's favor for not having named a, qu- a quarterback, like a starter, is you get to let all three of those guys watch Jalen Hurts separate from them in practice and watch the team congregate around him in practice, right? Because you haven't, nobody's yep. been able to see that, really. I mean, everybody wants to be like, hey, we get spring ball, but it was only 15 practices and I don't want to draw any conclusions. All right, yeah, well, you did, just like the rest of us, all right? And then when you got here, now you have to figure something out in two weeks. And over those two weeks, mm-hmm. you're, you're going, hey, quarterbacks, now's the time. So if Spencer can separate, separate. If the two Tanners can separate, separate. If Jalen can separate, separate. Now is the time to show that winning gene at your position. And I, I found that to be interesting. But the question is, which one of those guys is second, third, and fourth on the depth chart? Are we talking about by August? Talk about September, September 1 when we, or August 24th when we get the depth chart. I think you're going to see... 
2A, 2B with and Mordecai. Yeah, we're we're going to get or. We're going to get ors. Yep, you're going to get or. Yep. Crap. I think that's what you're going to yep, get. That's loaded. And Shaper will be the other guy. But because... wouldn't we call it a win for Rattler to be an or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. We, we would call that a win. Yeah, we call I'm Rattler right the guy. Now, what I've been told, what I've been told is that there's a lot of people that believe Rattler is going to be the guy next year, like already. They think that he has just come in. I kind of wrote about that in my little quarterback deal that I on a VIP board where there's a little buzz. It's not little. There's a lot of buzz that he is just completely won over the team in the way he goes about his work ethic, his personality, his swagger, the way he throws the ball, uh, everything about him people seem to love. And you also have to remember the core of his people that he's going to be throwing the ball to and handing the ball off to, what class are they from? Yeah, they're from his. and the, uh, they're or, from his. Or they're, they're, they've got at least one more year left. So his rapport yeah, but is so good I, with I, those guys I, already. I, I get that, right? And I believe you. I'm also going that what I was told was, hey, man, there hasn't been this kind of buzz around a guy that just got here since Baker. Like, nobody buzzed exactly. about this when Kyler got here. Nobody buzzed like this when Tanner got here. It was some, I mean, some about Hurts, but when he got here, he was Jalen. He wasn't the guy that everybody's going, yo, what yeah. is that? And that's, yeah. that is, like, that was, the, it was, hey, man, nobody's, nobody's been this excited since Baker got here. And basically, I was, I was told, yeah, basically, I, I, I'm with you on that, too, because basically I was told if something was to happen to Hurts, there's a lot of people inside that program that feel like Rattler would be who they stick in, and they're just going to roll with it. Man, that would be – that's the question that I want answered the most. I want to yeah, – like, me I put, too. I put this to one of the, the Texas writers about Sam Ellinger. I was like, who's first off? Now, we both think it's Casey Thompson. He thinks it's Casey Thompson. But I think at Oklahoma that's a much more interesting question because Tanner Mordecai's got a year in the system and, and four games of mop-up duty – but it's not. But every he's not. He's but people. You can't. We're not saying Tanner Mordecai can't play because Tanner Mordecai is very, very good. He's good. He's really good. But, but that, that's about, kind of my point, though. Austin Kendall was really good. He's actually yes, really good. That it's is, not that he can't play. About, like you're talking about Jalen Hurts and Spencer Rattler. You're talking about guys that are just built different. I, and They're that's why different. I would say. To Tanner Mordecai or Austin Kendall, whomever, yo man, just pull a Tyler Tettleton. All right, it's it's not that serious. I know everybody wants to go where they want to go, but if you are on a roster with a guy that is as talented as Kyler was, as Baker was, as Spencer is, what the hell are you doing here? I mean, I'm I know that people go, RJ, are you telling this kid to leave? Yeah, it's not working. You're quarterback. You can only play one at a time. You know, you can only play yeah. one at a time. You know, like they're having the same issue in a number of different spots where you're going to see quarterbacks do the musical chair thing more than you see almost any other position because they just don't get a shot because the guy right. in front of them is just that good. It's like, hey, man, I got to play the guy that's going to give us the best opportunity to win. And it ain't that you're not good. It's just that he's better. And that's a really tough thing to get across and to be okay with. Like it's real tough for – for any of us to say, man, that guy's just better. And and you love I, what you do. You're good at what you do. You're not bad at what you do. You're just not the best at what you do. 
Yeah, I, I also want to make sure that there's a disclaimer here that we're not saying that we're not saying that Mordecai is not going to be the starter. We're not. Well, we are saying that we're not saying that he's not going to be number two. We're saying that there is a lot of buzz that that's how good Rattler is. That people genuinely believe that he could be the backup and just ultimately be the guy going forward. Man, I can't about believe, that. I can't believe we can't treat people like adults. I mean, you're right to put the disclaimer in there, but my God, yeah. like I just I want to have a cool conversation about stuff. No, and you're that's that's a fair way to put it. It's just. I have we have we reached the level? Happen. Have we reached the level where people aggregate what we say yes. while, while we're talking? Oh my god! Yes. Good. God. I just want to like a. I get carried away because I'm talking with my buddy about OU football, and we know a lot about OU football, and we like talking to each other about OU football, and we get paid to cover OU football, so it's just a lot of fun. Because this is essentially just two dudes on the phone for an hour talking about things. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so like, what? Okay. I can't. I can't even. Yeah. Thin ice, buddy. Thin ice. <laughs> Good God. It's like, yo. Uh, man, you should hear some of the conversations that we don't have on tape then. <laughs> yeah, they don't want, yeah. Not, <laughs> not happening. <laughs> man. That conversation would have taken a complete turn off the air. Oh, man. Uh, uh, this just reminds me of the podcast where, you know, it's lost to the ether because numb nuts over here forgot to hit the record button thank god oh my god that was really good too so but it was was just (laughs) yo i was like hey guys it was pretty deep there was a lot of stuff that we're probably glad didn't make it right and it was just it's like you know um matter of fact let's uh probably probably glad it didn't do it right so let's re-record it and not say those things again oh man all right so we got to get out of here because you got a thing and i got to do some yard work got to pull some weeds they're trying to take over my front porch very nice yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm well, going enjoy that, and I will uh, bring my stuff with me to the appointment, and whenever we're doing all this, we'll get everything loaded up so you all can listen to the podcast. 100%. We're going to try to do a couple more of these over the course of camp. I know that you know we're sporadic, and you know we, we work for a living, and this is the thing where we're really yeah. having to just – schedule time to do and it's much more difficult just to schedule the time try to, to get another one in this week right but so. we're gonna try we we, we we swear and we always do but we're gonna try all right that is yep. brandon drum i am rj young remember to rate the podcast five stars on wherever it is that you get your podcast and i know from the data that most of you get it from apple and android so please take the time Two for one deal Right. On Take, OUinsider.com. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. You buy, you buy one month, get two months free on OUinsider.com, which means you'll get access to all the VIP information, all the recruiting, all the insider notes, all the fall coverage that you can't get free anywhere else, all the insider notes that RJ and I dropped, team notes from source notes, all that Man, stuff. We both had like three this morning. Yes, we did. <laughs> and there's a lot on there right now from just the past 24 hours been ridiculous with notes. And... You all can have access to all that stuff going all the way through the Texas game if you sign up now. All right. That is going to do it for us. Deuces. Deuces.